If you've ever thought of quilting your own projects but just don't know where to start, I have the perfect first steps for you. I've put together a PDF guide. I call it Three Steps Toward Freehand Freedom. These are the baby steps, but they can help you move past your overwhelm and show you that yes, indeed, freehand quilting can be learned. So if you'd like to snag this PDF, there's a link in the show notes, or if you're an Instagram user, just message me three steps. That's the number three, S-T-E-P-S, and I'll send you that link. Let today be the day you get started. I made 1,652. <laughs> yes, because I, I kept track because I was had to cut back a little bit because I only put 10 out a day. Welcome to Measure Twice, Cut Once, the podcast where we hear quilters and other crafter stories and draw encouragement and even life lessons from them. I'm your host, Susan Smith, coming to you from my quilting studio, Stitched by Susan. This is where my long arm, Lucy, and I spend lots of hours doing freehand, edge-to-edge quilting. If you're not a quilter and those terms mean nothing to you, it's basically doodling on the layers of a quilt top with a 50-pound pencil, with needle and thread attached, and at really high speed. My philosophy is there's nothing as warm and comforting as a handmade quilt, and my mission is to get as many out in the world as possible. So I quilt for people, and I teach others to find freedom and joy in quilting for themselves. There are so many quilt makers and just as many stories. Quilting has been a bridge between generations, it has soothed loneliness and chronic pain, and it's been a beautiful expression of art and creativity that spans countries and cultures. Today's Pins and Needles is brought to you by The Will and Dave Show. Hi, I'm the Will half of The Will and Dave Show, a short little podcast that myself and the eponymous Dave like to record talking about the things that really matter to us, whether that's social, political, or pop culture. Usually we don't see eye to eye, but more often than not, we can find some common ground in there somewhere. And now, back to Pins and Needles with a quick tip for all you sharp quilters out there. Today's tip is a small one for when you're working in very tight quarters. So when you're working in the presser foot area of your sewing machine, and perhaps you want to take the throat plate off so that you can clear out the lint from underneath or in the bobbin casing or something like that, it can often be very awkward to fit a whole screwdriver in there. Even a small screwdriver can be difficult to fit in in that small area. What works really well, no pun intended, for these tight quarters is to use a quarter, a coin. And if the slot of your screw is very slim, maybe you'll have to downsize that to a dime. But that coin can be really helpful to use just as though it were a screwdriver to loosen and then again to retighten those screws. You all know I love my coffee. And if you're interested in supporting this podcast, you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash stitched by Susan, where for the price of one delicious coffee, you're able to make a one-time contribution. This helps me keep batteries in stock for my microphone and enables me to keep bringing you these weekly episodes. Thanks so much for your support and maybe take a moment now to refill your cup as you settle back to enjoy today's interview.
Barb Edwards is going to be joining me today. Now, Barb is a crafter from way back, not necessarily or not only a quilter. She's done many crafts and she'll tell us about some of them. But she particularly has a story to tell today about a mask quilt. So you won't want to miss that. So today I'm welcoming Barb Edwards into my studio. Now, Barb is the mom of one of my good friends, and I first heard about a project that she had making masks. So we'll come around to that in a minute. But for, for now, I'll let Barb just introduce herself and maybe tell us a few sentences about what you like doing craft-wise. Oh, my. Well, I'm Barbara Edwards, and um, I do just about any crafts. I like doing the woodworking and sewing and just anything new I like to try. So you're always trying a new craft. Now, when you say woodworking, yes. do you mean like toll painting kind of woodworking or actually cutting, building things out of wood, constructing no, things? No, building, building things, book, How? bookcases, shelvings, um, whatever anybody wants, potting, potting tables. <laughs> How <laughs> fun. Anything. Well, that's a broad range. And that was going to be yes. one of my questions and you've preempted it, you know, whether you do other crafts as well. So you like exploring new crafts? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How fun. I do. Except I can't oil paint or anything like that. I don't have that talent. <laughs> well, sounds like you have many talents, though. So I first... Well, I've met you, of course, along with my friend Joni, who's your daughter. Yes. But I first mm -hmm. learned that you were a quilter when I heard about you making masks early on in the pandemic. You were making masks for people. What kind of got you started in that? Was it just the general need I started out making for family, made okay. for Joni and her family, and then my nephew and his family wanted some. And then I just thought, well, maybe other people might need them. So I put a tub out at the driveway and I made about 10 masks, put them out there. And the next morning they were all gone. So I made more and just kept on until I made a bunch. <laughs> How, do you have any idea how many you actually made overall? I made 1,652. You have a specific <laughs> idea. That's fantastic. Yes, because yes, I, I kept track because I was had to cut back a little bit because I could only put 10 out a day there for a while. That's and a they lot. Would go. Yeah, and they would they would go. So I'm curious, did people, did you kind of use the honor system? Did you give them all away? Did you ask for payment? Did people start paying you in fabric or contributions like that? Oh my, yes. Um, let's see, it started out where I just said free mass take if you need it. And then in about a week, I started getting material. I started getting um, sandwich bags that I put them in. Uh, and some people left money, and then a lot left awfully nice cards. And That's just wonderful. thanking me. Yeah. It, it seems like whenever there is, you know, disaster strikes in some way, that's what causes mm -hmm. people to pull together. And I love that you saw that, you know, taking shape, that people wanted to chip in yes. in some way. Yes, yes. So it, it was fun. It was fun to do. And then I... I got to where I was starting to have back problems, so I had to, to quit that. Uh, I hated to quit because they were kind of still going, not as many towards the end, but, but I had to quit. So, 
Well, that did. That is a remarkable number of masks. So the (laughs) the part of it that came my way is for the different fabrics that you used, you began putting the pieces into a quilt. Was it leftover scraps or did you have that idea from the beginning? No, it was kind of leftover scraps. And then I thought, gosh, what can I do? Because they were the three inch size uh, strips. And I thought, well, what can I do with them? And so I just started going around and around and I don't know if it's called the log cabin or whatever that's where you sew a strip and then a strip on the other side and I just kept going and until I got kind of the size I wanted and but I still have a lot more material. <laughs> ah, so more quilts coming my way. So that first yes. mask quilt that you made, I have now it, quilted on my long arm and in fact, it's in progress because yes. you haven't even seen it quilted yet, but I can tell you No, it's I haven't. <laughs> So hopefully, and that blue quilt, you can do what you want with it. Just make it pretty. (laughs) Good to know. Good to know. So, when when you made that, and I noticed, and it was of course fun when I was quilting it, is you have Mm -hmm. all kinds of fabrics, and that would kind of make sense if people were contributing, right? What are Mm -hmm, some of the most mm -hmm. unique ones that people dropped off for you? Do you remember? Yeah, somebody left some old cotton shirts. And they weren't in good enough shape to use, but I appreciated the thought. Right. So someone had a generous heart, but of course, the the person on the receiving end of the mask isn't going to want a used cotton shirt necessarily. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) If it would have looked new or something after I washed it, I probably would have, you know, used them, but... But it looked like used material, so I didn't want to use it. Oh, I know something else that happened that grew out of that mask-making project, too. And I'm not sure where it was in your 1,650-odd masks. But (laughs) our local news station picked up the story. Not only of you making masks, but your your delivery pickup process, too, because it was so unique. Tell us more about that. Yes. Well, Lindsay, she was here for a weekend, and we made some masks for a friend of hers over at the um, Seattle area. Now, Lynn, let me and just interject. Lindsay is your granddaughter, correct? Yes. Okay, yes. got it. Yep. Go ahead. And um, she called the radio or the TV station and told them what I was doing. She thought people should know, I guess. And and so the gal says, "Well, I can come out this afternoon." and do that and so Lindsay she was on her way home and so Lindsay called and says there's going to be a radio or the TV crew is going to come out and film you so I made her turn around and come back good for you because I didn't I didn't want to do it by myself so so they came and awfully nice lady and like you and I are just having a conversation and and she kind of picked and choose the parts that she wanted and I thought it turned out really really nice so it, it sure did. Kind of I, I, got, I got to see it after it was, you know, when it was being aired. I yeah. thought that was really great that they did take the time to honor you for doing that. And that's yes, the kind of special interest stories that they really wanted to to promote mm-hmm. and to tell people about because people do want to know. Yes. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a great story. It was. It was neat. So you've been doing lots and lots of crafts, which you told us, but sewing in particular, mm-hmm. is that something that you grew up doing? Did you learn that from mom, grandma, or something that you picked up on your oh. own? Oh, I learned it from my grandma on a treadle machine. My first quilt, I wish I still still had it, but I don't. <laughs> but uh, grandma was the one that, that taught me, and then I took it in school. And when I was first married, uh, Joni and her brother Brian had all homemade clothes. And a lot of um, 
hand-me-downs that was too big, I would cut out clothes that would fit them. And, and I sewed all our clothes, basically, to start with. Yeah. I'm kind of from that vintage myself, and it seems like a generation ago, it was more economical, I feel like, to sew mm-hmm, clothes than mm-hmm. it is now. Yeah. And so more moms tended to do that. And it is really quite yeah. fun. And gosh, no one else was ever wearing yeah. anything just like you. That's for sure. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> totally now you can go to the, oh, like the Walmarts and all that, and you can buy clothes so cheap that it's, I don't know, it, it's kind of sad. <laughs> It is in a way, but, you know, there's also a movement going on right now and a kind of a hashtag, you know, when people are posting on social media and it's me made and sometimes me made wardrobe or me made clothes. And it's kind of coming full circle to where there's that's kind of a badge of honor to say, yeah, I made this. I make my own clothes. Isn't that great? And and I love that. I love that that's coming back around. So, yes, interest in it. So what's next? What are you what are you crafting next? Well, right now, um, my good friend had a gift shop that I helped her with for about eight years. Uh, I haven't done it for about three, four years. Has a gift shop in Valley. It's called Bells and Whistles. But she contracted COVID and passed away the 1st of May. And um, so I promised her that I would help her sister continue with the gift shop for at least a year. So I'm down there about four days a week now so doing that so so you're actually working in the gift shop or you're making things yes. for the gift shop well the gift shop is new stuff used stuff and handcrafted stuff so we we do crafts down there if we're if we've got the time otherwise we're we're just selling the stuff that we can find at, at yard sales or people give us and and she has Dawn was the one that started it and she started the gift shop she did a uh, the park, put in a basketball court for the kids, and she was all for the community. So we're going to try and carry on her her wishes. So that's great. Well, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. So any more any more quilts on the horizon? Have you like are you going to continue with your your mask scrap theme, or you've got another idea for using up those scraps? I will probably do another one because both my kids want one. Joni, she said she wanted this one and and Brian says well what about me you know so I've got enough to to do another one so you'll be quilting another one down the road sometime and 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 then um I try to make a quilt to give you know like when the girls my nieces and that they get married they get one of the old quilts that I've had handed down to me that are actually hand quilted which is is a kind of a lost art I think now but um well, you and know, then try to give something new. Do you know, Barb, again, yeah. like the making your own clothing, hand quilting is coming back around and is becoming really oh, popular is. again. And there's yeah. just this surge of kind of slow stitching is another phrase that you hear quite a bit. This realization, yeah, again, mm-hmm. of how beneficial that is for a person to yeah. slow down and do some things that take time. Yes. And hand quilting yes. certainly qualifies, doesn't it? Yes, you, it does. And I remember my grandma, she had just a huge quilting frame in her front room and it was just up all the time and and she quilted yeah my mom yeah. too and and in fact it was one of my brothers was kind of a, an inventor i guess he was always finding unique ways to do things anyway he arranged a pulley system for my mom so that she could raise and lower that huge quilting frame out of the living room oh, and that was really yeah. neat. that was that was a modern convenience right there 
So yes. Are are you a hand quilter too? Is that something you grew up doing? I've never done it. I often thought I've done um, counted cross stitch, you Mm -hmm. know, which is kind of the same, I guess. I don't know, but no, I've never, never tried it. It just looks hard. (laughs) I don't, it's not, it does take some practice, you know, as many things do to get Mm -hmm. even stitches. But again, nowadays we're seeing more of um, almost an embellishment done with hand stitching. So maybe with thicker threads or larger stitches, and it just adds Mm -hmm. that real hand touch. It is beautiful. Yes. It is beautiful. Well, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but do you have something, a, a one takeaway that you could leave with our listeners? So whether it's a life lesson that you've learned from crafting or whether it's um, a tip or piece of advice you'd like to pass on or an aha moment that you had, what's just something that you think our listeners could could take into their days? Oh, well, I think the aha moment that, that I got from it was... Um, the response that I got back from people putting the masks out, the the notes and the cards and and just the wonderful things that they said to me that made me feel good and wanted to keep going. And I just wish everybody would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a lost thing, it seems right now. If everybody just respect everybody else and and appreciate the things that people do it'd be a lot better place yes and it does just warm one's heart when you receive and see those messages and i'm just my heart is so warmed by the effort that you took to supply masks for those that were in need for various reasons and so thank you well you're welcome (laughs) well thanks so much for joining me today barb this has been a lot of fun and we'll do it again sometime Okay, that sounds like a plan. All right, thanks a lot. Okay. And thank you for tuning in to the show. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice. It really helps other listeners to find the show so they can hear these stories too. For information on the classes I offer or quilting services, please see my website, stitchedbysusan.com. And if pictures are your preference, check out my Pinterest galleries of edge-to-edge and custom quilting projects. These direct links can all be found in the show notes below. So until next time, may your sorrows be patched and your joys be quilted.